further clarification, let The Rock tell you in Chinese. Uh-oh. You fucking mark! We are in control now. <laughs> <laughs> and praise the one true father of all I survey infidels Ayatollah Telayi bin Hameen back to kick off your week with a $5 face slap attack in the Monday locker room back with R to the B to the V and we've got all you can eat in wrestling bullshit so strap up infidels channelattitude.com Hameen Media Group Ready to take off, YOLO! Oh, yes, yes, y'all. What's good, man? Hopefully you had a great weekend uh, with your dad or celebrating your father if they're not around or looking for your father if they were never around, I guess. Uh, The hunt continues. But uh, we've got all that uh, daddy-ass action you can handle here this morning. Uh, so get your scissors out. It's R to the B to V back in the house, man. He had a good time at the racetrack this weekend. Some uh, lovely classic cars out there at the car show for Father's Day. How you doing, pal? Good to see you. Hobby, brother. Great to be back with you. It's been a minute. I feel like I was off there for about a week and a half. But again, yeah. Great to be back here on the air, HMG, the, the Hameen Army, representing. We, we've got the holiday weekend, the four-day weekend here. We had Father's Day yesterday, Juneteenth today. So hopefully a lot of people uh, are going to fill up that chat off work today. Absolutely. Uh, as, as we run down these headlines. I see already joining us here in the chat. I want to give him a major shout-out. Saw some big news. Uh, Pierce Austin, one of our very own, going to be doing some ring announcing down under for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, man. Uh, super proud of Pierce with everything he's done from – when they first started uh, him and Angel doing their, uh, you know, kind of their own dark side of the ring review on some of the not so nice stories of wrestling and very great and interesting work there. And then uh, turning that into his own network and now becoming kind of the breaking into the indies and becoming one of the guys who's, you know, really making uh, a statement on commentary or managing because he's getting those reps in. You know, there's just nothing like it. I don't care if you're just sitting on, on a mic. Uh, once you got the gift of gab and you can start parlaying that and sharpening your swords, uh, you know, you guys got to be hungry and start kicking doors in. And I know uh, impacts going down there, down where, down there to Australia. And uh, why not get plugged in and uh, or plug yourself in and, and uh, say, hey, you need boots on the ground here. Uh, I'm hungry and uh, willing and also have the knowledge of the entire landscape. So a great guy to have an uh, impact to have on their team and, uh, a guy who's, you know, definitely celebrating Father's Day, who's got little ones running around and a shoot job, and he's doing all this. So he knows what it really means to put in the hours, and hopefully you get something back in return for it. And usually hard work does reap reward. So I'm really proud of him. And uh, definitely, if you guys aren't subscribed to Piers Austin Network, uh, do it because there's going to be great stories coming up here of his experiences. So uh, very, very cool. Yeah, I mentioned he's already hooked up with them just for that hype machine. He's probably going to have a lot of guests on through through the Impact platform. But, yeah, sure. again, for, for Pierce, man, just that to get that opportunity, you know, where, where Impact 
it's still on that other level and it's still there in the experiences you get those learning opportunities, the, you know, the people you're going to be connected with now going forward, an awesome opportunity there. The special will impact themselves, just growing, you know, continue to try to grow their brand a little bit, heading back down, down under. Yeah, man, for sure. The, for those guys to go from uh, Toronto based to, to, you know, to keep it international and, and go back there. I, th- I hope they have a great time. You know, I hope everyone has a safe journey and, uh, for some wrestlers who haven't, I haven't been there. Some of my uh, former tag partners and friends have. That was a tour I always kind of wanted to make, just because I you always get a little jealous. Of everybody getting to hold koalas and <laughs> every other thing, you know. Just but uh, live vicariously through them, you know. Not trying to tear anybody down. That's a, that's an awesome thing for everybody there, man. Because that's why we get into this to be world travelers and to say, hey, I, I went out and, and did it, you know, and made it. I had a great weekend, though, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a lot so you guys going on out here. There, out there uh, practicing yeah. one of those amendments out there. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Uh, yesterday, I uh, went, went to grab the emperor and uh, my my brother, Prince number 20, who billed the butcher. And uh, we went out to uh, shooting, uh, clay shooting preserve, but it's cool. They had, it was almost like a golf course. They had 16 separate stations and holes, and you get in a little golf cart and or a big golf cart, actually seats four, uh, and go from station to station. And uh, I brought the 20-gauge uh, with me, the pump to use, but they, we rented a gun. They gave us a brand-new uh, Beretta over-under, beautiful scrolling first time. He took the tags off. It never been shot before, so – uh there's 64 targets and all it's very cool you walk up with your little uh um, digitized card open up this uh, wooden box on the outside it's got a computer and you put your card in there and that tells how many targets that they'll charge you for like that you you shoot each guy shoots for but you can keep pressing the button then there's like this little detonator box which is very cool because i'm very used to detonation uh on things and uh it says a button a red button button b and then like true pair or timed pair, so four buttons on it. And then you just say pull and somebody hits the A button and woof out it comes. But every every uh, setup was different. You might have one that comes across the ground like a rabbit and one that goes up high. You might have two that cross. There's ones that came over the top of your head from these uh, automated clay throwing things that they actually hide in the hide in the woods so you can't see them so it makes it a little more challenging it, it was very very good time and even cooler than i thought it was going to be had a great time shooting uh 12 gauge with my dad and my brother and the day before that was uh the first opening of uh the newest legal uh cannabis dispensary flintstone uh in syracuse new york and just a unbelievable facility the guy mike flynn and his wife uh had a huge opening they did 764, they had 764 people the first day and, and line was down the street the whole day, even people standing in the rain. And then the next day it was pretty much the same because I showed up about five o'clock at night. There was still a line out, out the door. So it's, it's like, it looks like uh, <laughs> if you took the Apple store of weed kind of and made it that he's put a, a ton of money into the facility in Armory Square. It was cool. I wanted to go congratulate him not to be, you know, like we're in competition, we're all going to have to be on the same side against big corporate marijuana in the state soon enough. So I wanted to go and congratulate him and his wife. And it was very cool and uh, had some awesome RBV eats, man, with uh, with my wife right after this great uh, Mexican spot with 
massive margaritas next door. So uh, it was it was a great weekend all around with the wives and the rest of the royal family, man. And uh, then producing nonstop in between that kind of for for our own business. And I did I was up late last night. The new episode of The Consultants is out. Very interesting. Very very uh, high praise episode of The Consultants. Rare, but uh, some serious stooge report in there too. So it was a good weekend creatively all the way around here, man. That, that is awesome. Busy weekend there for Hameen. Like you said, I was dumped the track all weekend, man. We, we probably, we, we had four big days, but three just blockbuster events. We probably saw, I don't know, forty to 50,000 people come through the gates. Wow. And, and Saturday, it was all about, man, it, it is, it's this awesome show. It's the night of fire. We end it with a big fireworks spectacular, but on the track, it, it's uh, about the jet cars. And these, I mean, it's actual jet engines strapped to these things. You can yeah, just yeah. imagine that, man. And you, you get up real close to them, and when they flip that switch, oh, yeah, I, bro. I was looking over, and it's like, God, they, like I, I, my organs moved. I mean, that's how, <laughs> yeah. that's how rattling it is. And, yeah. and in the eighth mile, they're getting up over 230 miles per hour. And that's, I mean, just imagine how quick that is uh, in, in such a short time. So people, they were they were coming out, filing out to see it. Uh, tremendous time there. And then yesterday, I, I treated my dad. One of the cool things for him, he got to be a judge uh, at the car show, part of the uh, the festivities this weekend. So he really enjoyed that. And it was intense. He was over for like three hours. I thought he was like kind of just go through real quick. We'd be in and out. Uh, but he got really involved with it. And then we went out for a little hashtag RVV. out, had a, a good surf and turf dinner. So good, good weekend all around. Phenomenal, bro. It seemed like everybody was, dude, for sure. Uh, big shout out to my man, Charles the Hammer Evans in the chat room this morning. Uh, obviously can't say uh, big up to him enough, man. He sent me some nice pictures of him and his daughter too. Really enjoying, uh, you know, Father's Day. It seems like everybody had a, a really great one. And uh, if your dad's not around, you know, hopefully it took uh, some time to remember him or do a little something that, that dad would have liked to do. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, that to me, you know, as, as our parents get older, as we, as we get older <laughs> and approach 50 very quickly, uh, that, uh, you know, there's not going to be much time left. So it wasn't, uh, it didn't go beyond me that yesterday was, just a really important day, you know, how many of those types of days can we make, you know, with the the people we care about the most and we get so busy and wrapped up in everything else. It was meant a lot for me to be able to step away and then the testosterone of some boys blasting some 12 gauges and having a little competition hey, and laughs, man. Fr it was Frank a asked time. a question in the chat there. I'm kind of curious sure. about myself. How does that work? I mean, do you, is there a certain license? Do you have to do some sort of like training before you go out? I mean, the whole concept of, you know, comparing this to golf with the guns is, is pretty dynamic. <laughs> well, uh, there is a, there was a fellow named Ziggy who, who takes you to the first um, station and gives you the rundown. Like we're obviously riflemen uh, in my family. Uh, we don't do a lot of uh, bird, bird and clay shooting. We're, we're pretty much like stalk and kill assassins when it comes to deer, whether we're spot and stalk or we're up in the tree stand. That's just uh, more of my style of hunting. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind blasting some birds, especially after this is a lot of fun. But uh, that that's just what we do. We, we usually hunt heavy caliber rifles, not uh, – not shotguns, but gun safety's gun safety. But um, he gives you the, the little rundown of how to use the computer and all that. But there's no like, oh, you've got to be licensed in New York State. I, I had I had my first shotgun when I was 12 years old. I had a 410 uh, bolt action. So there is no like, uh, I couldn't go in and buy one off the shelf. I think until you're 16, 16, maybe 18. I'm not sure if they raise that or not, but. 
you know, around here, dude, around, around these parts. I mean, it's not like that anymore, but when I was in junior high, the high schoolers would have gun racks in their fucking back window or their pickup trucks. And I'm not talking empty. I'm talking 12 gauge, 30, 30, 30, hot six and just park the truck. Cause nobody was shooting shit up then, you know? So, um, gun safety and, and gun fear and gun violence is obviously spun out of control in every way possible. But, around here man like it's just part of who we were growing up so to show up at a range way back in the farmland woods to get there it ain't like you city slickers from around here and it ain't from around these parts everybody's kind of grown up with that and if you're there you're there for the sportsmanship of it and you should know gun safety uh every step of the way and and how to hold a gun how to load it, make sure the safe's on, make sure you're never pointing the barrel uh, any place except the ground or straight up, uh, you know, when, when other people are around. Uh, with an over-under, you just keep it open because it breaks in the middle to put two new shells in. So when you're done, you just leave the break open. Everybody in the round you knows it's not loaded or it's not going to go off, you know. So um, there how, how is no – property? How much – how big is this complex? I mean, I'm just – Probably 500 square yards. I mean, it's like about the size of a golf course. You would, it, 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 we go, you work your way all around the circle, but around the circle, like one is out looking over. Yeah, but these there's a little court. bit of a difference if you, if you shake your, your golf ball over to the next range. Yeah. You're, it, it kind of goes almost 360, 270, but you're going out this way around, not shooting back across. So the first ones you start out kind of shooting over fields, like if birds were coming out of the corn lots. Then you get into a little bit more deep woods where there's these big ravines. So you're shooting across them while the clays are shooting in the ravines. So there's nobody like shooting sideways that you could get birdshot rain down on you. Everybody's shooting out around the perimeter, out away from each other. So uh, it, it was very, very cool setup. And I was just expecting one or two stands, but when we got there, it was a whole experience, man. So for the for the price it was well worth it and all you have to do is sign uh you know a, a waiver disclaimer what have you and uh you know buy your ammo or bring your own there's some guys there who had those six thousand dollar benelli shotguns like these old guys that's all they do they probably play golf one day and they shoot yeah, the yeah. next you know so uh they, those guys were serious about it but uh we just went to have a good time and we absolutely did bro that is awesome i'm guessing uh unlike the golf course they didn't have uh, a beer cart no, no, uh, I don't think you could get beers there. Not what was strange was being a rifleman, you know, and and using a scope and reaching out and touching something at 120, 160 yards, trying to put it in a <laughs> six inch space. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of what I'm good at. So that takes a lot of breathing and and relaxation. This was different because if you try and aim you're going to be behind it or miss. You just have to go muscle memory, watch it and bang and then pull bang. You can't look at the end of the dot, uh, the bead on the end of the right of uh, the, the barrel and like try and line it up like with a, with a scope, you got to be dead on looking. And then you just squeeze the trigger, let the gun do the work. This is a lot of movement. It just becomes um, almost uh, like sense memory. Like you just have to let it go and watch it. And wherever your eyes are going, you touch the trigger off and it'll go. And some you'll be behind or over under, but some when you're right on it, boom, you smash it and watch it go into a thousand pieces. It was a good time, man. It was a big rush. That's it's awesome, man. It, it's, that, the whole yeah. concept was interesting to me with it there, how that would work. But like you said, the logistics, that would be really, really cool to see how they lay that out and, and everything with it. 
Yeah, I didn't even know about it before. It was a pretty good kept secret around here. And a nice place. I was looking at the golf cards that uh, referee sideburns and I got, and I saw it on there. Said, huh, let me check this out. So, because we we go pirate golf every place and we get the buy one, get one fucking card. So that was on there, and we got 64 targets yesterday for free out of uh, the 180 whatever we shot. So, very, very nice. Stuff, uh, well, Ben, you know, the, the big news in wrestling this week, uh, potential hit or miss here. I know we're so busy with things going on. And- that's already part of the conversation is the the selection for the show is Saturday for the debut of collision. Did you get to, did you get to watch it? I didn't watch it. I just saw punk's promo, you know? So, um, it, it, it just so busy again, <laughs> it was out having some great RBV while it was on and not worrying about wrestling kind of made me happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was reading the headline in, in prep because, you know, it's, I, I didn't get to watch the entire thing myself. I picked up bits and pieces of it here and there. I, I still have it recorded to go through with it and all that. Uh, but it, it sounds like, you know, AEW really went out of their way to to select this date this Saturday, feeling that this would be a strong weekend for them <laughs> to come out of the gates here. Now, obviously, I mean, there's so much that, that you've got to consider when you're scheduling an event. You've been a part of that for a long time in wrestling. You look at what's going around in, in your so neck cool. of the woods. Very cool. Just so they can, yeah, the rare, the rare picture of the emperor there, <laughs> you know, he don't like his picture taken at all. And, uh, my brother, but I mean, AEW obviously trying to avoid ma- other major sporting events of UFC's running anything big. Is it going to be a continued setup to fail here? Trying the Saturday night experiment? Uh, well, they chose this because there was no you know, like UFC, comp- competition. The to, NBA and, just wrapped up. The NHL just right. wrapped up. The only of the major fours out running is is baseball right now, and you're kind of in the low of the season when it comes to that. Yeah, but, but what are you going to do three months from now? Well, <laughs> like, is, for the for the kickoff, for the kickoff, you're kind of like putting weather, it over. You got well, Father's Day weekend. Sure, I mean, sure. there's always going to be so much of that to consider. And obviously, with it inside of must-see TV, I, I'm interested in what they're doing there. I probably like the look, the feel of what I've seen of the Saturday show over Wednesday already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially with people like us, you know, we're involved in indie shows on Saturdays. That, you know, people were going out and about. That's when things are happening for families. Yeah, you're not wrong on any of these points. <laughs> and that's why they're like, oh, we we chose this because like they're trying to be so smart about it. Okay, there's one weekend. How many other weekends a year are you gonna get just like this? Maybe six tops right. out of that. So now you're gonna be up against it 46 other weekends out of the fucking year. To me, that would have been a boardroom issue, <laughs> top three, uh, before we ever greenlit anything. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll, we'll see what effect it does have. Um, it, I mean, I, we know what it is going to do. It's going to lower the number. Things are going to topple off. We're going to have silly wrestling stuff that's not captivating, that doesn't draw in outside people to go oh fuck saturday night turn that shit on as opposed to the 50 other things that are going on right now and when that happens the top guys or top guy (laughs) is going to be chastised by the trolls and instead of no selling he will do the exact opposite and he will sell and his enemies who don't want to work with him that are on the other show may even try and sabotage from inside the company 
how about that? We didn't get the thing over. Now when numbers go down, they're just sitting there waiting silently to be like, you wait, numbers are going to go down. We know they're going to. And when they do, remember when I said, get them close to the edge, and then you just come up and they just knock them and they go right over themselves. That's the silent heat move that's happening right now, even in this kickoff. So when those go down and, and pressure gets up on them, that pressure might be coming from inside from them. Be like, Hey, go at punk through a troll account. Da, 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 da. Just keep fucking wailing away on him, chipping away until he breaks. And then fucking we're right back to where and we were. History is any indication. Eventually you'll get, you'll get that reaction out of you. Uh, on both yeah. sides of it. You know, but it, it, there's been a, a lot of talk about if there's going to be a hard brand split, it, it's, there hasn't been anything really set in stone yet. Uh, Tony Khan continues to say, you know, you will see certain individuals on certain shows. He wants to keep it very loose and easy, especially with the champions being able to cross over and all that. For AEW right now, and being so young, you know, in their growth, they're, only, what are, they're not even five years in yet. And now when WWE originally did it, it's because they, they brought in all that. They had that just, they, they ballooned with, I don't want to say talent at the time, but bodies on the roster and they thought that they had to spread it out but they really didn't have the star power and the talent during their their brands but i see that with aew but even more importantly how much is it going to hurt if you're a country you can't go to war with another country while you have your own civil war going on <laughs> you got that right you got well i i would say that uh, is there a way to twist I, I, that I, is there a way to i don't it? know you, let me you kind of have a real life nwo situation mm -hmm. here I wanted, I wanted to jump right in there, but I just have to stop myself because what you said is interesting. You can't go to war when you have your own civil war going on. And I would I would naturally agree with that. That sounds like a very Sun Tzu uh, profit, uh, you know, prolific thing to say. But during the Vietnam War, there was plenty of anti, uh, you know, war rhetoric going on during uh Iraq and Afghanistan there was plenty of anti-war rhetoric and all that shit going on now is it a true north versus south civil war no but there's mindsets of but, but we're uh, not spilling blood that these guys are seemingly going for I don't know man you could uh, there there's definitely people who came into the Antifa movement or the proud boys side and whatnot and might disagree with you with that you know, so uh, I, I am leaning to the other side with you, but I just had to stop myself to play counterpoint because I didn't want to rah-rah about patriotism because there's a lot of dissent because usually these wars are never fought over any real good or just reason or else the reason that's put out there is a propaganda one. And then they just keep so soaking it for more money, which is exactly what's happening in wrestling right now as well. And you're, you're right, even going back, because a couple of weeks from now, you know, we're going to be celebrating, as you say, the, you know, the big patriotic feel, Independence Day and all that. Even back then, you had George Washington as kind of that front figure, but all his boys were ready to stab him in the back. They were all fighting with each other because yeah, they had yeah. different views of what America should be. Sure, sure. So, you know, and it, it takes somebody impartial with less agenda who wants to do what's best for the overall country or the best or the company. Right. But right now those generals aren't on the same page to even form up, to be able to fight that war against the other guys who are shit stopping them. Uh, Dynamite started out with a great main event with MJF and Adam Cole, uh, 830,000. So down 10% just from last week's kick 
of 920,000, which was a shit show. This was actually a good show. And they started 90,000 less and then ended with all these mega mark run-ins from Osprey, uh, Omega, that the marks would be going crazy for. Kingston coming back, uh, big shitty six main event with uh, Bulletproof Combat Club or whatever the fuck they are, and uh, and then uh, the Elite. On paper, that's like a Mark's wet dream, 699000 bro. So they lost 134000 during the course of their show, uh, kicking it off with their top guys and ending with their top guys. Uh, but no real big storyline build or anything along those lines. And they thought these run-ins were going to shake people up and captivate. Well, not if you don't have any big expectation leading to it. So uh, a a 10% drop off from the week before, but really another on top of that, almost 16% drop off within the show itself. That's a problem, man. And, and not having all the troops ready to fucking line up and do battle is, uh, is only going to hurt that worse. You know, how did you, uh, obviously you didn't get to check out the entire thing, but you know, reading the news, seeing some of the photos out there, how'd you feel about the cosmetics, the, the different approach to it? And especially you said a lot of praise for the new commentary team. Yeah. I thought the, from what I heard on commentary was good. Um, you know, the, the way it looks cosmetically, the pyro and all that they seemed hot, but it looks like nitro to me. And I, I'm, sh- uh, you know, I'm shocked that WWE has not sent them a cease and desist based on the graphics. Cause I got to believe they own that all that IP from when they bought it all that it wasn't unless Turner had it. And that wasn't part of the deal. And those were Turner graphics that were not included in the WCW property. That's the only reason I can imagine it, uh, that they're using it. However, again, we're not developing our own brand identity. We're doing a nostalgia push based off of a product that lost and failed at the end of the day. So why would you want to revive that brand uh, knowing that it's already got a a bad stamp on it? A, A fresh look is the way to go and gives you more opportunity as opposed to like, eh, this feels like Nitro. Remember when Nitro was good and it sucked? And then people are like, yeah, this is like the ending days of Nitro, which it might be, you know what I mean? Or ending days of WCW because we're doing a lot of the same mistakes and placating the egos and giving performers their way instead of doing things the right way. Um, So it's, it's interesting to me of why you would want to go that route. And I, it's not that I don't like the look of it. Every time I see it though, it just doesn't make me go, Oh, this is AEW brand. No, it looks like a uh, a reboot of uh, of WCW. WCW. What what would you suggest, especially you know, for these bigger promotions that, that are getting these prime television spots, or maybe even you know, even trickle down to an indie show because you know everybody's trying to duplicate what you what the what WWE has done. They give you that those same visuals, that same energy. What would you suggest for some of this, uh, a promotion here to make some waves to look different? to draw more attention to say, okay, this isn't the the same old wrestling that's turned you off for the last, you know, 15, 20 years. This is something fresh, unique uh, that we're bringing to the table. Uh, Earthquakes. We've seen a lot of lightning and fire. Uh, (laughs) I might go with an earthquake opening where things or more collisions. Maybe they had it. Like I would open with massive head on head train rack footage, uh, you know, like, uh, 
crash test dummies shit. Um, all they, kinds they, of like, they love their crazy gimmick matches. Let's just get a demolition derby going on. Hey man, that's not a bad idea. I'm with summer fairs and shit coming around. If you right. built to a summer show and you had that and had dude, I'm even the boys aren't going to want to take the neck thing from fucking, but if they had, you know, the right safety equipment, it's still a demo derby. But that would be an interesting thing for, well, for these the way summer fairs. Those, the way they built those cages now, uh, we just had a, at the, the track a young lady in a, a dragster. She barrel rolled the thing six times. But the way that her uh, that her pit set up inside the, where the seat, it's almost like it floats. So it's, oh, she yeah, didn't yeah. feel anything. She, pulled, she got right out of it. So she maybe there's precaution, bro. The money they got. But can you imagine putting a couple of those guys behind a wheel going out there and letting them smash it up? That'd be fun. That'd be fun stuff. I mean, it's wrestle crap. It's not pro wrestling. To, but at the same time, what is pro wrestling? It's all that stunt spectacular at this point. That's one thing. Absolutely. Uh, maybe to hit the summer fair show would be a smart thing for them instead of getting in the arenas, get out with the people, be able to press the flesh and like get people introduced in mass to your product who might not be fans of it you know like that's that's a good uh opportunity to to get out there and the boys will have some fun being at the fairs and all that kind of shit we always i always enjoy doing those concert crossover and fair shows we always have a good time with it um but their their branding and color needs to uh be different from anything wcw wwe can't go hard red can't go hard blue nxt's yellow but i don't mind black and, and gold for aew you know what i mean that, that that's fine um i like the light powder electric blue when they were doing that a couple times like uh when the winter is coming stuff i thought that set them apart why not go white and blue that's like more of a white bright type of thing you know baby either extreme baby face or extreme heel with the dark stuff um but it's tough you don't like purple and yellow you just got to look at um you know any NFL jersey and figure out what color patterns people respond well, to. But so you you know that you know how important that is inside of marketing your different color schemes and what what they indicate to and what emotions and and what's potential sales that they're gonna that they're gonna generate. Well, what's hot right now? We're everything old is new again. It always comes back around. Even some of these shirts, you see the Woodsman shirts that I have a massive collection for. This is just regular blue, but I've got bright orange, neon green, yellow, like all these 1990 to 93 colors that when I was in junior high are back now, like uh, ridiculous uh, neons, right? Neon pink, neon purple almost to some of them. So if, if me looking at that and going, okay, it feels very much like crisscross, make you jump, jump out here again, like that, that era of society and hip hop, what came after that big Jenko jeans, um, more bright colors that weren't neon, but you know, that, that in living color era, when I was in eighth grade, ninth grade, that's what's coming next. So how do we look at that and see what the style cues were from 1994 to 1997 and get that and emulate what products were hot at that time? What was the hottest selling soda? What were their ad campaigns? What was the beer campaigns at that time? Catchphrases, was it Bud Wise? Er, <laughs> like the frogs and shit like that. How can we good artists create, great artists steal and make it their own? Everything old is new again. 
and right now you can clock exactly where we are in the nostalgia come around by that neon fashion and, and early 90s hip-hop so how do you get ahead of the curve and make it 95 to 97 right now just go after it yeah i think it just takes some research and you, you just look at what was hot post that and and go to it you know what i mean steal from it so but real quick back to the, the talent here the difference you know if they're gonna if you're gonna be you're working saturdays you're working wednesdays I've heard some of the talents not exactly excited about this because I mean, who wants to work the weekend in the first place? But it's well, going to pull, f- hey, gonna pull away they're... from outside bookings. You know, Fine. it takes. Fine, you're fired. You're fired. Go, go have fun. Or something like that. Yeah, you're fired. Go have fun working immortal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not like, matching. You're not matching that TK pay out there at immortal. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Go, you're you don't want to work Saturday? Cool, you're fired. Have fun. Go work in the Indies on Saturday. But, but is there a little bit of it that, okay, so if I'm Bureau or whatever, just anybody, I got to work Saturday, but the Wednesday guys get to go double down because because I'm not in that, I'm not in the elite clique, so I'm stuck here on Saturday, where now those guys, <laughs> yeah. now Moxley gets to go charge premium rate for a, a autograph session in a shindy show on Saturday, so he's maximizing his, and he's already getting top dollar here in the company, that's bullshit. Yeah, um, I guess if you're that pissed off about what days you work, you're a pro wrestler. There is no nine to five in this shit. If you're worried about that and not and being on instead of being on the road and just living the lifestyle, there should really be no days in your schedule except for you know that I'm on Monday night or I'm on Wednesday night and I'm working that night and I'm hopefully I'm on the show and figured in. Instead of being like, oh, shucks, I got to work Wednesday and they, or I got to work Saturday and they get to work Wednesday. Like if, if you're bitching about that, you probably shouldn't even have the spot and you're way too comfortable to start with because that's what this lifestyle comes with. It's not, if, if it's about 40 hours a week and being home for you, like, like people don't want to be away from home and their kids or their loved ones. That's fine. But like the edge song goes or, you know, Creed, my sacrifice. And that's what we do to be a performer, a professional entertainer. There's no schedule like that. You might work 12 days on two days off. You might, or be a business owner and work 30 days on one day off. Uh, you know, so that, that, uh, I, I can absolutely see that that will be a crybaby complaint. My answer to that is shut the fuck up get out there. You're lucky you get to wrestle and only have to work 10 minutes a day in order to fucking feed your family at a rate that's three times is what the competitor would pay. And you're doing minimal work to, to earn that money. And you're still bitching about it after years of being on the Indies, making a hundred dollars. Now you're probably making three, $4,000 a match. And you're going to cunt off that it's Saturday and not Wednesday. You can go get fucked twice. That's what I would say. I just say, you know, if there is a way or a reason to bitch about something, someone's going to find it. Well, then they don't need to be around. Is it, I, don't is it already, I don't care who they are. Is it already bad news for the, the actual show itself that that not all these are going to be live? They're already looking at pre-tapes coming in in the first month of, of the new the new series. I'm sorry. I, I'm not sure. They're, they're going to start pre. OK, so right now we're getting pitched a, a new live show. You know, must-see TV. That is premium content when they're selling to these networks right now. Right. They're already going to start pre-recording collisions. I think uh, most of the Canada ones are going to be taped, you know. Okay, so they're going to have, yeah. 
And that fucked up WCW because the Stooge, when, when the internet was real young, the Stooge report would come out for pre-taped shows. So if you, re, if you have diehard fans who are internet marks on a Saturday and you have pre-taped shows that get stooged off the results, now you just killed another 10 to 20% of your audience that says, I don't need to tune in because I've seen all their offensive package and there's no storyline that's making me must-see TV. So I'll just take two minutes, read the dirt sheets. Oh, FTR went over, shocker. Oh, fucking this guy went over, shocker. Oh, this guy came back, cool. Uh, This person's injured, yeah. And now in two minutes, I don't need to watch your show. You know, so the pre-tape thing could definitely hurt them as opposed to like making sure everything is always going live. And I I guess it's already starting as early as next week. Uh, Yeah. Well, um, in Hamilton with, with 830, with 833 sold, you know, for, for that bro, rough stuff ahead. And that's how you want to debut. And how about this? I don't know. I didn't watch Collision, but I watched Dynamite. I sure as shit didn't see much for the video game, did you? I was watching three, you know, looking back at it, maybe maybe two little hype, hype pieces for it. Tops? Well, well, yeah, not that much. That should have so. been everywhere. All over. Right. Well, we're talking right. about the struggles of launching a television show in the summer. I mean, look, they didn't even learn. Not even they haven't learned from this one because who the hell goes and launches a video game in June? Right, dude. Uh, it's very like I just don't understand how you don't have your. Own, you know what we need to do? Hey, that show Bar Rescue. We need to be like Wrestling Rescue and come in and fucking no, shut no, it down. no, shut, shut it, down. it down. We're not doing that. Like. <laughs> It almost needs that dose of an outside somebody outside the bubble to go. Nope, dumb. Like, got to stop right here, guys. We're 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 doing way too much uh, at the same time, and none of it's getting any value because our focus is split in so many different ways. Well, you, you know, you mentioned the, the ticket sales. The, you know, the eight hundred there. You and Vet kind of talked about it this past week on like the fuse, and I love yeah. you guys were in that conversation. If I would have been with you, I was going to steer into that same direction. Is how are they failing with putting together street teams, whatever the case might be, hype teams going in a couple of weeks ahead of time? They've got the resources for it. So I loved your <laughs> idea of somehow getting you know having a Fozzie concert to you know rally up some interest around this thing, involve a ticket drop in there. Yeah, I, before you guys even talked about that, I thought about you guys are you're hyped up for the Owen Hart Cup going into Canada. Yep. You're a guy that's helping grow your markets. It's helped with these house rules shows. Jeff Jarrett, who was damn good, it, arguably best friend of Owen inside of the business for a long time. Why aren't you going up there and doing sit down dinners where you're just talking about Owen and Jeff telling stories for, you know, to get the hype there? They've got people like Big Show and, and Mark Henry legends that could sell interest why aren't they there weeks ahead of time promoting the shows for you i i don't disagree with anything you're saying right there dude we needed uh and we're it's almost too little too late at this point because they're there this week right like after this weekend they're going so or maybe is what this wednesday is the first one from there i believe Mm -hmm. um and what street team effort did we put out there what mainstream uh, every canadian morning talk show why doesn't have doesn't it have omega ethan page chris jericho 
uh, Sean Spears, uh, you know, there's probably plenty more Canadian talents. I'm not thinking off the top of my head to be the ambassadors of each province and, and hype it up that, and, and endear AEW as Canada's new, uh, you know, wrestling organization to get behind. Sure, impacts there, but they need to really drum up and say, hey, we need hardcore fans. Where's the crossover but by bringing in top hockey guys? Like, what's hot in Canada? In my mind, it's fucking, I'm not anymore. This will show how outdated I am, but Drake, I would have had Drake <laughs> in some way to do a fucking, if we got bad money, like, you know what I mean? We got Logan mm-hmm. Paul. And that shit is hitting, and it's it's got people talking. You're going to Canada. Who's the biggest Canadian music stars that we could possibly get? And a guy who's an athlete or else can be in somebody's corner, like a Swerve Strickland, like, you know, to tie him in that way when, and get Rick Ross and have a big hip-hop part, component to this. You could have done hip-hop versus rock and roll with Jericho versus those guys and put it over, and then something definitely with – with hockey legends and hockey greats of, of what, uh, what else do we have in Canada? That's, that's a draw for people that we can partner with, you know? Absolutely. It's just, it's just, again, inside the company, they just need a whole department to focus on this thing. Yeah. Justin Bieber would have been a a go. I dude, I would have tried to get every, I would have gotten trailer park boys. Absolutely. I would have had the green bastard in there, uh, you know, done something with bubbles and, and maybe even letter Kenny, uh, like, I guess past that, I'm trying to think of anything iconic that Canadians kind of cling to right now in order to have identity in comedy or music. I guess that's just my sphere of influence. So, and hip hop. So, uh, but we didn't do any of that. <laughs> we did a song. Even outside of the celebrities, you've got this just, just rabbit, just loyal, dedicated to you fan base. That if yeah. you rallied them around, that would get out and help you a little bit. But it just seems that they just, uh, again, they're stuck in the bubble. They, they think that wrestling's over. They think that their brand of wrestling's over. All their all of their shits, you know, is about their move sets uh, and they completely missing opportunities and empty houses. Yeah, man. Uh, yes, man. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe the fact that it is pre-taped will help them be able to cut bad angles, I guess, to like show how light the house is. But it might be worth just canceling the show and taking it on the chin instead of taking the bad PR. You know what I mean? Like you said, though, and they're up against it right now. I know, dude. It's and and that with with shaky ground with punk and all those guys, everyone's probably riding one ass cheek of like, let's not get heat ourselves in the locker room or you know anything around around uh, that that's gonna make the company look bad. But if we haven't done the work of being an actual promoter, you know, fuck being a creative, fuck being an owner, all that stuff. The the the, the everyone says he's the promoter. Well, what's that mean? That means getting your street team in order, poster in the town, finding these radio things, getting everybody on, uh, you know, to shine across the all media platforms, to be given the key to the city, every little city you go to, 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 you know what I mean? To declare it Kenny Omega Day, to declare it this, like all these things have to be done and lined up. Uh, That's what a promoter's job is. And to have the the people in place to paper the town within a hundred mile radius. Of, of wherever we're playing. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't see well, I those. 
things. Yeah, that's a misconception. You know, a lot of people think promoter means booker. They're completely two different things. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> booker just gets to go, here's the finish in the storyline. Oh, that person's um, not going to make it. Okay, fuck that storyline then. And uh, here's where we're going instead. That the, the booker part of it is 4% of what it takes uh, to, you know, to really put on a show and get everything done the right way. Uh, looking at some of these headlines here, some new ones popping up, and this one kind of jumped out. Me, kind of what we're talking about, like planning ahead, uh, looking at what other draws you're up against, if it be in the world of sports or just uh, in life inside of itself in general. But the headline here: Holiday weekends could become a destination for AEW and WWE pay-per-views. Now, just on that headline, I'll, I'll get the details here inside of of the actual article here, Ben, but. Just on the headline, is is that a good move? And, and there's a number of directions you could come at it. Obviously, you're going to be up against a lot of other competition going on with holiday weekends, but you got a lot of people moving and, and grooving on the travel that could plan more trips around it, which means good travel for the cities that you're going into. So they want to, on holiday weekends, let's say a July 4th weekend, because that's coming up, right? They want to put on shows in certain cities as a draw in order to get people to go there as a vacation destination. Like that's the increase of it. So here we go. This is coming from from uh, Uncle Dave here. He says uh, Nick Khan, obviously WWE CEO, is a guy who wants holiday traditions. Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer Radio. I mean, he he wanted the January first thing, which was day one. Uh, although they gave up on it after the first year, he wanted to make January 1st a tradition. I think he wants to make holiday weekends a tradition. And Tony Khan, AEW CEO, is the same way. So I think Labor Day, Memorial Day, I, I think they're going to have a Saturday and Sunday going forward each and every year. So they're talking about the, those big holiday weekends and making them focal points for these marquee wrestling events. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It's just where are we going to play and how do we get into that? I would even say, let's not try and invent one to uh, draw people someplace. Let's say, where are people going already, right? Where is there going to be a big collective of people for spring break, for for New Year's Eve? Like so, that. you know, don't, like... Don't we're, don't you piggyback on what people are already doing. Right. Don't let, they're already going to be there. Sure. That there might be the ball drop uh, new year's Eve. Right. So we're going to do our show right up to it and maybe have it together or something along those lines, or we'll get, let you out an hour earlier and it'll be the, the adult themed new year's Eve show. Uh, if it's um, Memorial day or labor day rather, and everyone's going to the lake, guess what? We're going to fucking find, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try They love their nostalgia and their movie references, right? Why instead of fighter fest, why not go back to meatballs, the movie and have like a, a camp, you know what I mean? Feel to it. Like we're going, we're going camping like uh, Bischoff would with Sturgis with the biker stuff, you know, well, things the, along those Bischoff lines. Bischoff was yeah. tremendous at that. Sure. You know, they they yeah. had Sturgis, they had the spring breakout, yep. you know, they were around those hot spots where the crowds were at. Absolutely, man. And uh, I don't think they do things like, uh, I don't know, and maybe not. I'm just, uh, maybe I'm out of touch with uh, black culture, but I used to go to Atlanta and uh, to visit in-laws a couple times and Freaknik was going on, which is like all the African-American college kids come to party and, and ride around on cars and fucking twerk and play hip hop and just have a good time. It's, it's like Black Spring Break in Atlanta. 
things along those lines, man, that, that, that could be an interesting way to get characters over. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, let's, let's, if it was hurt business or let's say we had something like that with Hobbs and, uh, um, forgive me, the guy you've booked Swerve. a bunch of times from, yeah, Swerve from ROH. Uh, what's his oh, name? Shane, uh, Shane Douglas Shane or Taylor. Shane, Douglas, Shane, Shane Taylor. Uh, my favorite African American, <laughs> Shane Douglas. Uh, <laughs> Shane no, no, Taylor. One, no one screams African American culture. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, but, but, uh, like that's where you would use something along those lines to, to, to really form up a crew and, and get, uh, you know, um, minorities interested in it who might not be watching wrestling if they saw it live and they were a part of that experience and we had that we we just need to piggyback off of those types of festivals i don't care if it's a uh, uh irish parade fest or thanksgiving are, are we going to be in the macy's day parade and then and but the people know that it's going to break down into like you know a brawl or some shit along those lines uh, I think piggybacking on all that stuff is uh, not a bad promotional idea. It's just how you're going to carry it out. Yeah, I'd like to twist on it. Instead of just looking at it as, okay, it's a holiday weekend. People are looking to go places and do something. No, find yeah. already what's happening. Piggyback on it because you're already getting help with the yeah. promotion and all that. I like this one. How about SummerSlam live from Fuck Island? Yeah, that's a good one, pal. Write that down. Uh, I, think, I think down in Florida around that time of year, they run like a huge fantasy fest. And it's what they, it's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, the, they, there's all that could be there, man. You could do all, what's the biggest Comic-Con and why aren't we doing a show there where everybody's in fucking gimmick, even the people in the audience, you know, say, it's, it, it, that's something that would fit right into, you know, a large portion of your wrestling audience. Yeah, I, I, we got a lot of uh, good brothers who are brothers uh, in the in the chat right now, whether it's Amp Williams and and plenty of others. But he says, bro, I've been to Freaknik when it was Freaknik, homie. We ain't going to pay attention to wrestling and all that pussy out there. Wrestling don't connect with us like it used to. Amp, I, I, I don't disagree with your statement there, but you march Jade Cargill out there. Every brother's turning his head. You march Willow Nightingale out there in the in the right outfit. They're turning their head. You march out uh, Sky Blue. Brothers are turning their head. So if if the whole thing is about going to chase pussy, well, then guess what? We're going to highlight our girls in a very, you know, uh, fun and sexy kind of way in order to have that. Well, I, I think, that. you know, to Amp's point there, though, is when if you're going to group you know, wrestling in with these different activities and all that, you better sure have your finger on the pulse and have the people that are actually running those events helping you with your marketing and what how it needs to be presented. Now, sure, you got. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to trust in any way Tony Khan to go down there and make wrestling look cool and attractive. <laughs> down here for this event and uh, yeah, yeah, no, like uh, you definitely need somebody with uh, the sauce to be able to put that shit together, but. Dude, hip hop street teams and all that shit. They they understand what this is to build underground marketing in the underground. This is how a, a hip hop artist goes from I'll, local I'll, I'll to I'll fucking set up here with him. He's already sold me on it. He says there's a thousand jades walking around down there. <laughs> hey man, recruiting alone. You know what I mean? Uh, and to be honest with you, I'd bring out the uh, Morehouse Black Student Union step team with her and all that shit. Celebrate 
what's going on there. It doesn't just need to be that if it's about young uh, black pride and, and sexuality. Well, those are two great ids to play off of that allow us to craft a certain storyline being built into that show. We'll get, <laughs> then you march out uh, swerves, old guys that look like they're out of D block, the Pecker woods with the face tattoos and, <laughs> and they're instantly hated. Right. Uh, so there's, there's a lot we could do with hip hop crossover. And this is just one thing. And uh, it's just funny for me to be talking about freak. I think the last time I was there for that was 1995. So uh, that, that it was serious biz back then. I'm not sure what it is now, but uh, these are just hypotheticals of of the the model of how you could plug it in anywhere i don't care if it's redneck mud fest i would go from that i would go from extreme urban stuff to fucking what we got around here with snurt run and guys who fucking spend hundred thousand dollars on big pickup trucks to run them through fucking mud swamp and fuck them all up just to go see them boys what they fucking did out there had that some bitch fucking buried had to go get her with the fucking three-quarter inch chain towed her out with a deuce and a half like that's the fucking guys around here that i grew up with so we can have far extremes and and celebrate all these things by inserting ourselves in a certain way and what a backdrop those two different things would be uh in order to sell that show this week on the monday locker room to uh middle age 40 something year old white guys book freak nick <laughs> but yeah book freak nick baby <laughs> oh, that, that is good uh, some other headlines here jumping out at me. Uh, ben, you got anything yeah. if you want to piggy if you want to just kind of bounce back and forth here? Uh, yeah, I saw Carlito uh, is on oh, his I, way I back to that. WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's real big, man. Obviously, uh, an awesome uh, reemergence at um, the Puerto Rico shows with Savio Vega and 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 all that huge pop that way. Looks like a million bucks. You know, a climate change expert. I've uh, been been staying in the gym has had uh, a couple spots here or there, whether it was Royal rumble appearances, but now he's coming back. I, I, is he going to be the leader of the LWO? I'm not sure. How's it going to fit in with Ray? Or is he just going to be standalone nostalgia? This guy's back. He's a good worker and he's going to spit an apple in people's face. I'm not sure where we're going to go with it. There's value on him in nostalgia and ability and the way he looks, you know, he's jacked to the gills and we've got, LWO right now, but what is the roadmap here? You know, I, I'd like to know more about that. Well, you know, I think this is you know a perfect tie-in. What were we just talking about? You know, how AEW failed to to really capitalize that the Canadian market, uh, how they can go into different areas, how they need to be planning ahead of how they can really touch those local fan bases. You got to give it to WWE when they went down to Puerto Rico. That it was they nailed it. You know, sure. you had Bad Bunny there. It felt important. You, you brought back, you, you tied in the LWL to really rally. They, they also missed. They also missed. Uh, but you no, brought in like putting... Savio back. You brought Carlito. And look, yeah. it turns into a job opportunity here for Carlito. Absolutely. But they didn't put the belt on Zelina. They should have done that and then taken it off of her two days later on, on Monday. You know what I mean? That definitely could have uh, been an even bigger wow factor pop. Um but yeah, that's all it takes is to be like, <laughs> here's what you don't want to do. Uh, and I guess I'm going to shit on them anyway, but whatever the new generation is, you don't want to put an attitude era or guy era. I mean, he wasn't attitude era, but like it was, it somebody who came from a stronger era. Yeah. Did he, were you, yeah. did you have any run-ins with him at OVW? 
I've worked a couple shows with with Carlito. Yeah. Um and but but to have him uh I've never been in a match with him, but to uh to have him on the show <laughs> you can feel what a pro performer is. Now this kid grew up in the business, so he's been around the business since he was a baby, but to put him next to someone who's not ready for TV is going to expose that person way worse because he's just so comfortable. He's got it, not 10,000 hours. He's got 30,000 hours, you know, and some of these kids on TV don't even have 2000 hours. So that, that could be, it, it could be a great mentorship for some of the kids in the LWO to feel more comfortable or have somebody that's going to help raise their acumen a little bit. But at the same time, just throwing another person of Latin heritage into a crew for what reason is that really going to get Carlito over? I think there's a lot more value than him spitting apples and doing something. I hope they come up with something new and interesting for him to do. Well, I think, you know, maybe the, the one of the biggest things we'll bring in is someone like Carlito, which they desperately need is, is that is that true star power. He's got that look. He has the energy. You feel like you're watching something big deal where opposed to, as you said, the cookie cutter style that they've adapted. Yeah. Everybody's you, just kind of a, a rinse, repeat, you know, a hog in the machine. We, we got 10 of you back in storage if you don't work out. Exactly. Right, right, right. So uh, I'm glad for him that he went in there, got that big pop, and they're like, hmm, we should bring this guy in, you know, but uh, who do you put him with to, to work for? Is he a baby face because of the nostalgia? Uh, or is he going to come back his heel right away? And and who do we who do we get him over with? Uh, if it's Latino, to me, everything I do, everything I look at is what's going on in the real world, right? And we haven't even touched the controversies. There's so much controversy, everything, whether it's Pride Month or uh, giving more ridiculous money for uh, a war against Russia that we, we act like we're not completely funding, um, you know, all this stuff. But plenty of uh, the Latino world order crossing over the border uh, right now, you know, with families being sent from all types of South American countries. Uh, and for what purpose? You think they're just getting up and going, you know what? I've had enough here today. I'm walking. No, this is all calculated. This is all, you know, they're they're all being sent with a purpose to overthrow and break down borders and, you know, everything of uh, safe cities. I know there's a, a congressman here that's suing 30 uh, different counties because they're not allowing um, Latinos to show up and just be booked into hotel rooms that the state pays for with our tax dollars. He's pissed about that <laughs> and suing for it. So like, these are real stories that are going on and sure they don't make, you know, Anglo-Saxon whites or anybody. I, it could be black. If you're a citizen, you're a citizen. You don't want illegals coming in to, for a variety of reasons where they're just going to hit us with more, you know, government programs and more tax dollars to be taken away. And that should be the argument that's on TV right now, right? How do we work that into the angle? How do we have a white supremacist or uh, American patriotic supremacist character based off of the Latino heat that we're bringing in there? And the Latinos don't have to look evil. They just have to look eager, hungry, and to do the job that white wrestlers won't do for the same price, I guess. Uh, and, and who is the one that's ready to step up and look like 
uh, you know, took our jobs or fucking uh, throw them back over the wall or the military ice presence, you know, like a very tactical big boss man type scenario. You know, I'd like to see in that Otis. Yeah, that'd be he wouldn't be bad. He wouldn't be bad, but uh he's such a baby. Face. That, that big old trucker hat. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, well, you, bro. You, well, as you mentioned, he's a baby face, but it, it, that's one of those those angles, those those gimmicks where you're you're walking that fine line. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, early on I, I was booking and Beast put together, it was a it was a good storyline. We had a guy that was gimmick. Lives it. I mean, it's what his day job is. No, he's a correctional officer, and he was taking on uh, something, daddy. And it was a guy, it's an African American guy that wore a ski mask to the ring and all that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it you know, it's it's kind of uh, the convict, the criminal type versus the cop. Perfect old story, right? It writes itself. People immediately know what's happening here. But what's crazy about that is, and we could run the exact same match, not change anything. If we're in Trump country, the CEO's over. We go, we go two blocks up into the city. The cop's not over anymore. Yeah, the yeah. cop becomes the villain. Yeah, so absolutely. Like, you know, if you create a character like that's that, Bre- that's that Bret Hart Canada US heat, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it, if if you create one of those, you know, somebody they took our jobs. We don't need the LW around here. You're gonna have to put that divide in your audience where you're gonna have some people out here agreeing. Yeah, we don't want them around here. Yeah, 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 definitely, bro. In in the backwoods of Kentucky, (laughs) some 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 things would be definitely different depending on where you are in that. But if you know that and you're a good worker, you can switch on the fly on a house show to be that. You know what I mean? And there should be conflicted people in that. And then there's also the bigger story of sure we have racism. Racism is based on ignorance and fear and propaganda and, and fear mongering. That's what uh, that makes these <laughs> news organizations money, but love conquers all. And that's, that's what we need. You gotta be patient to tell the story though, right? You've got to, you've got to get heat until the, the Hatfield lays with the McCoy. <laughs> and then fucking we've got an issue like uh, that's even more rooted in like, you know, the, the blood feud of it. Go they ahead. love them Otis uh, love stories. So then he ends up where they he do. falls for Zelina eventually. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So uh, then, then we get some understanding, and and hey, you like uh, you like tacos? I like tacos. <laughs> Whatever it is, or someone educates them about their heritage. And usually, food is an easy way. Music is an easy way. Anything cultural is an easy way of appreciation. And how many people? last night or this weekend went out for taco night for, with a for a date you know went to a latino restaurant and in the same breath on the ride home be like can you believe these fucking mexicans are all coming in over here like you just ate their food enjoyed it the hell out of their uh drink and culture but we still have some predictive programming that you know fox news put in your fucking head so uh, it's, it's a, in the definition of mind control is holding two diametrically opposing thoughts in your head at the same time and justifying them both to be true. <laughs> so you see the bigger piece of all of that. It'd be, be an interesting stat. How much, how many, uh, father's days dinners or how much was spent on Mexican, you know, food last night or <laughs> you got it, bro. And like, that's the, and when we can look at ourselves and realize that and maybe be able to change, well, that's what the whole story of wrestling is, is somebody's ignorance leading to violence, which hopefully will then lead to 
some type of understanding and mutual respect, but then we can fill that in with the wrestle crap of culture of date night or whatever it is, or coming over. Of, you could see Otis, like, let's say we didn't know Zelina Vega was married to fucking Alistair Black, and he, she's going to bring him over to meet her Latino family with Abuela Cita and fucking Uncle, all the Tios and Tias, and then everybody's there, right? And, and, and Otis has to come in humble and like, uh, uh, bueno snow chase and like try try and do white guy a fish out of water shit right like but by the end they all love him you know what i mean and and he forms an appreciation and his uh ignorance is kind of cast away and he apologizes or there's an innocent moment with the little niece who's three years old you know what i mean that holds his hand while they're crossing the street or something like that you know these are what wrestling and, and everything can be used for where we start with the heat, but we pay it off with a friendship understanding. And then somebody else tries to bully the Latinos and who's the first one to step up to defend them. Got Otis coming in. There's, there's, you got damn right. So that, but you got to be in it for the long haul to tell these stories that will then hopefully at home, some fucking dumbass redneck who related to Otis as being the racist guy might understand through seeing it through wrestling that his purview is wrong. And then he may, that he is prejudiced and that's not something to be proud of that. We all have a human condition and these people just want to eat, live, love and do whatever, just like anybody else, just because they come from someplace else. So that's the opportunity we have. And we have a lot of little kids watching and their parents might be saying the same ignorant shit. If we can tell the story of, getting past that and and human growth even if it's at a dumbass wrestling level we've done something positive for the world haven't we but like you know what, what hartnett said here wrestling is built for that it is the perfect vessel for for connecting in the real world uh that's what it should be there for but again it's gonna take a promotion because it used to do that on, on different levels but it's in this modern context, it's going to take a promotion with the patience and understanding that you don't immediately have to pay everything off within a segment or one week to the next week. Take time and tell the story. Yeah, well, I just saw, and I didn't see it uh, at first, <laughs> uh, the um, Roman Reigns post-WrestleMania scrum. It might have been from the year before, not this past year. And he goes... My stories aren't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, aren't going to be, you You got to wipe away that uh, Twitter, TikTok, uh, fast food mentality. We're making filet mignon out here. Just this year, he said that. It was this year. And you got yeah. to sit and wait, and it's going to be worth it and delicious, as opposed to instant gratification. Right now, I want it paid off, and I'll shove anything in my mind or face and mouth just to fucking consume, 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 as opposed to going, what we saw this week on SmackDown, damn, that was good how it played out at the end. That's quality. It was worth waiting for. We might have spun our wheels a little bit a couple weeks and not in having some repetitious shit. But when we get to the key high points in the storyline of a show don't tell instead of recap, exposition, plot, and we're actually getting to watch things unfold, that's what we're in this for. And what the problem is, is, we can do that in every segment. We just don't, we, we're just doing it in the Usos and the tribe segments and, and it's working phenomenally. Let's apply that exact same effort and <laughs> meal preparation to it because 
you're not going to show up to a five course meal that has a uh, um, filet mignon as the fucking main course. And they're going, uh, your first course tonight will be uh, Burger King French fries. <laughs> you know, you're, you're also going to have an amuse bouche of fucking other, you know, uh, horseradish salad, something that's very, you know, crafted and very, even in the, in the opening flavors, well thought out. And we don't have that. We have, oh, yes, filet mignon. But first, please try these chicken nuggets. They're delicious. Would you like some sweet and sour sauce with them? (laughs) And they're trying to present it that way, but it's the same old deep fried bullshit. Speaking of Roman, man, he, uh, WWE ran a live event Saturday night here in Cincinnati. That was a big advertisement. First time Roman Reigns come to Cincinnati in like three, three and a half years. And they did a lot better than what AEW was going to do for some of these TV tapings. They sold out the lower bowl for Roman. Uh, there was a hot crowd down there for wrestling this weekend. As I went down, made a little uh, pit stop downtown, did a little papering. Let me see right there real quick. Uh, handing nice. those bad boys out. You noticed there uh, one of those guys. Mikey. Oh, Mikey coming to town July yeah, 9th. Your boy, your boy taking on my boy for the Cincy Heavyweight Championship. Carson Drake defending against Mike Mondo here. Wow. Well, um, good. Congratulations to Mike becoming the new Cincy uh, heavyweight champion. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mikey hit me up this morning, like 640. Shaky, I got to run some creative by you, but I haven't hit him back. So uh, right after uh, I'm done with the SmackDown review with uh, Stevie Richards, right after this, I got to hit up my boy uh, Mondo. But uh, yeah, man. Um, hey, I, sorry. Let him, let him know when you talk to him. Uh, I got some mm-hmm. good feedback on it. You know, people were excited. Okay, good. Yeah, sometimes will, when you sure. look, and you know, one of the things that you you know this when you would you guys bring in uh those nostalgia names like that, and one of the biggest things that you know when you're promoting, you're investing is that is an indie promotion, is you gotta be damn sure on your investment. Is it gonna be worth it? Right. You're gonna you're paying, you know, top dollar for those that have been there. And there's so much more because hopefully, you know, they come in and hopefully leave a lasting impression and teach your local crew here oh. how they can get better going forward. But you know, a lot of it is a lot of people that have, have had that, that cup of coffee. They think because I was there, you know, I, I'm over. I'm, I'm going to pack every damn house. That's not the case. And there was a, there was a lot of excitement for Mondo and people just had fun talking about the spirit squad. Carson Drake should be the most excited because you can't work. You can't not work with Mondo and not, or excuse me, uh, phrase it. After you work with Mondo, you're a better wrestler. There's no, there's just no. <laughs> no if about it like you know he he brings out the best in you he can tune things up he can strip things back down and make them simple and get the most out of it and his mind is his greatest gift not just what he does in the ring because as an agent or a producer just to talk to it he can just punch up so much in ring right away you know what i mean and I, i've learned a ton from him so i'm sure that's going to be a plus with Carson has been on quite a, a role in, in 2023. And uh, this is going to be probably one of the biggest tests of his career right here <laughs> to step up. But I, I, I got a feeling, uh, you know, it's going to be an, an epic night for him for sure. So um, let's see. There was punk with the bucks promo. Da, 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 da. Oh, this one kind of, I don't know. It was, we all get older. Right. And Jerry Lawler, uh, they say he's kicking out from his stroke but not exactly where they where they had hoped he'd be, you know, in it. But this is a guy who had the massive heart attack and died backstage. I think this is his second stroke, you know, now. And then 
his former uh, tag team partner at the commentary desk, JR, stepping away as well. He took a nasty fall, you know, and uh, if you have older folks in your family, you know, it doesn't take much for him to, you can squeeze him on the wrist and they'll get a terrible purple bruise. But his eye was all swollen up and serious black and blue from a fell that he took uh, the right before collision there and then had to travel. Who knows if he had a concussion. Um, I'm just going to put this out there and it's all speculation. I mean, I don't have any idea, but if he's falling and there's things like that and where they are uh, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes uh, mini strokes can be happening and you, they, they don't even really know it. You know what I mean? Then again, you could just be shuffle along and trip on the carpet and, and hit your face on the fucking corner of the couch. I'm not sure what happened to him, but our heroes are, uh, you know, uh, are, are moving off on to the next, uh, <laughs> the next level of uh, immortality, I guess, you know, and it won't be long, whether it's uh, some of our parents and we take over those senior spots for the next 20 years or what have you. But uh, it seems like, the voices of our generation are, you know, slowly on their way out to the to the retirement home. Wait, Jim Ross, seventy-one years old. Obviously, you know, somebody will know, you know, the the health issues that, that he has faced over the years. But you know, at that seventy-one, I mean, you're used to you've lived an incredible life, especially you know, I'll sit here talking wrestling. Those that you know, circles we run in, and he lived a life that many of us couldn't even dream about. I mean, the things yeah. that he's got to see and do and contribute and what he means to professional wrestling, the, the forever legacy that he's going to have behind him. But, you know, you got to put, you know, try to put yourself in his shoes. It's always been go, go, go from day one for him. Sure. So, to, you know, when you get that age and you start breaking down a little bit, uh, it's it's hard. It, it's hard. To, uh, it's a hard pill to swallow that you can't be at that level that you that, that you want to be at anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And the travel is tough enough, but these guys have been in the biz for 45, 50 years, bro. So uh, awesome runs all the way around. But, um, you I mean, know, the majority of the fan base doesn't even understand what the business was like and truly what the territories were back when he broke in and learned to how to do what he could do. <laughs> and it's, I, you know, I, we, we regularly I, praise you know, Russo for his, his contributions in part uh, of the creative side of arguably the hottest run in professional wrestling. Jim Ross was the one to put that roster together. <laughs> they went and found I, all those talents. In wrestling practice last week, <laughs> I go, uh, did any, has anybody ever seen the original ECW? <laughs> And and I think it was I like had, Kelly I, Kelly I, in the extreme extra. <laughs> no, I, I had seven kids in class out of my 13 that night, and and four of them raised their hand. Three of them had never seen original ECW 93 to, to fucking 2001. Um, and you know, because I was talking about Mark Henry, I saw I had seen a uh a seminar he did, and one of the biggest things he was saying was, uh, you got to consume this shit, tape review, tape review, tape review. So I said, how many hours of wrestling are on a week that you guys should be watching between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, fucking Collision, uh, NWA, Impact? I mean, what are you watching? And I go, there's 14, 13, 14 hours right there. And on top of that, you should be watching another 10 to 12 of Mid-South, fucking OVW, uh, ECW and and I looked at my students and I go what year were you born the one kid's like 2003 <laughs> you know and I go you need to go by, back and watch from the beginning ECW the whole thing not just a show here or there 
you need to go back and watch WCW from 1990 all the way up to when Vince bought him out. You like, it's going to take you a while, but th this is what you need to do because Bob Marley 101, you've got to know your history. Uh, so you know where you're coming from. Oh, so then you wouldn't have to ask me who the hell you were thinking of. Right. And I go all these spots. I don't give a shit who it is. Road warriors for two of my students or whatever. I go, you need to go back and watch all that shit. So you guys can run those spots. So when it's time to go in the ring, all you got to do is look at your partner and go road warrior and fucking, we know the spot we're going into, but if you don't know that what you're taking it from or what anything along those lines, uh, you know, when you call Dudley boys, mm, it, it's not just going to be because you saw him on impact one time. You actually have to know who the fuck dances with Dudley Dudley was and sign guy Dudley and spike and everybody, bro. You know, I, I lost a, a little bit, uh, just, just a little bit that then. Cause I've, I've seen it with some of the, the kids here. I really like, I see him on social media, like, Oh, I'm bored today. Well, Peacock's, Five dollars study tape today. You, you got yeah. everything that you need right there. You, you, YouTube alone is fucking right. uh, plenty. But but I've I've heard so many times they'll go back and watch something if it be the original ECW. Uh, go back and watch something from Deep South from from World Class yeah. whatever it is. They'll, they're just watching a a moment that they don't understand. I said, well, look at the crowd reaction. Try to get a grasp of what was happening storyline wise. And why they're telling a certain story as well. Because if you're yeah. just going back and, and trying to watch a match and, and break down movesets, sometimes you completely miss the point of how spectacular it truly was. Because they, they, they've told a story. They've got people emotionally invested in this thing. Right. It that's matter why, about that's the why, that's it why I told the them to go. Or anything like that, you know? Right. Like you might know Tommy Dreamer, but if you don't go back and watch Tommy Dreamer's entire babyface push with funk, all the shit through Raven to get to fucking Jerry Lawler and, and everything that was going on, you're not going to understand what how much of a babyface is. And when people say wins and losses matter, Dreamer lost almost every goddamn match and was the most over guy, heart and soul of ECW. Yeah. How do you put that but on but your Indian character? It, man, it meant so much more when he did that. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't because he was 50 and fucking 46. It was because he was yeah. 50 and one and the one or one and 50 and the one meant something, you know? So th this is what I'm trying to instill a little bit, not just in my students, but you know, uh, we, HMG has the best, uh, most educated listeners of any wrestling podcast really who are uh, comedically hilarious. How, how, and eager, how eager are your students to really deep dive and get a, a, a sound not just an understanding but really just just eat it all up the history uh to fully understand things like that well they're they're kids so how do you be how do you how do you put into uh a young person who thinks they know it all uh like this knowledge so <clears throat> i try not to do it too much but i find myself doing it more and more I, I, on air I, i'm trying to I, don't, I guess i am not trying to swear less but because i feel like it blocks my point from getting across sometimes but it's that rip rogers <laughs> fucking there we go full metal jacket <laughs> arlie ermy you know shut the fuck up you dumb motherfucker like i try not to insult them too much but sometimes you need a little of that to be like get their attention with a swear uh as, as lauren hill would say i add a motherfucker so you ignorant ninjas hear me <laughs> you know uh like that's that's what it takes sometime 
but uh you know i would i will i'll tell my guys like uh the stomper uh cousins or brothers whatever like you're gonna watch all like you should be watching all of festus and uh or not festus uh what was it uh the the fucking godwin brothers phineas uh and henry oh, godwin Hogan and, yeah and and then in there somebody uh, i think frank posted do you have them watch the nasty boys that should be the next thing after they get through all of the godwin matches and they fucking see every spot and how this was so they can run it and get them down then you go to nasties then you go to uh whoever you want next stone cold because one of the guys like is likes to do the stomps in the corner like but you got to train them of like, you have to consume all of this and know it all. And then also where it fit in, in the chronological storyline, because when you get up to WWE or anything along those lines, there's always this judgment of like, Oh, you weren't a fan when you were a kid. Not only should you not be a fan, you should be, you should a shut the fuck up, but also know as much as you possibly can historically. Right. So the, the tape review is a massive, massive part of what we do, because even if you stumble across something that you didn't steal from tape and you do it and then somebody goes, oh, what you're just doing the fucking Bam Bam Bigelow thing. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> now they're going to look at you like you just came up with that. You didn't know that that was a Bam Bam thing that like you think you're that fucking original. Like you got to know you got to know your history. So uh, that that's a major part of what I'm trying to instill in these. But then I also have to remind myself, bro, you're going to be 46 in another two months. <laughs> you got to understand these kids weren't even fucking born for nine 11 before nine 11. Like that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And I have to take it with a, a, a little grain of salt to be like, all right, let me simplify this shit down. And I'm sure rip felt the same way about us in the early two thousands you know, when he came up watching Dick the Bruiser and everything along those lines, territory wise, didn't have a lot of access to that. I, I didn't, but he references it like it's, it's everything like we do with ECW and the Attitude Era. So, well, I guess you know, there is that fine line of, you know, representing as, as a fanatic of Mark, if you will, a smart and a student of, of the industry in, in sure. the history from all the different angles there. Yeah, well, yourself. you never know what's going to give you that idea. To, if you're trying to accomplish your dream and your goal, fuck, who am I like? It's all been done before. What made them work? How do I uh, do something similar to them? Or, you know, that, that, that looks like my own or not because <laughs> LA Knight's doing blatant fucking impersonations oh. and it's getting over. So right. you know. if you did, if you didn't work looking right at the television, you think they were just running like Austin and rock stuff from back in the day. Exactly. And it's exactly. getting over though. Yeah. But because there's a lot of little kids who don't know. You know what I mean? And then the father goes, oh, that's from The Rock, uh, you know. Do you mean from Jumanji? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rock from Jumanji. That's what I meant. Uh, you know, like, that. that's, it's a weird thing to fucking have to swallow as, as, as we get older generationally, but it's important to make them, you have to grab them by the head, turn their head, and be like, sit there and watch this, and then hopefully instill the discipline and the fear <laughs> that your competition is doing what I'm telling you. They're watching everything that's on TV currently, and they're going back and doing 10 to 12 hours of pay-per-view. And if you want to get to NXT, that's a minimum of what you should be doing. You know what I mean? So that that's really a, a big part of 
learning your history and you're going to get better that way for sure. You just think about it. Those suckers are paying how mean for this and he's giving it to you for free right here <laughs> in the Monday locker room. Yeah, man. And uh, we got to kind of start to wrap it up. Taking was, I know big Stevie cool wanted to launch early today because he's got a big day ahead as do I. So uh, there's nothing really too crazy on the sheets that's uh, sticking out a couple injury reports and whatnot. But uh, great to be back with you, RBV. Glad to see you, uh, you know, coming off of a great Father's Day weekend and feeling better. You're a little under the weather there and always a good time hanging and banging with you, bro. What do you got going on this week? Uh, after all this conversation, I think we about tied every conversation into some foods, you know, a little hashtag RBV eats out. Uh, I, I've got some some ground beef ready to go thawed. I'm going to make me up some tacos, man. <laughs> sounds good man i might, I might uh, do a little uh, taco omelet here to get things going since it's still just before 10 o'clock here on the east so i, I might do a little breakfast twist with a little uh mexi breakfast twist yeah awesome that sounds delicious actually uh i'm not sure what i'm gonna do i think it'd be salad today i'm trying kick the week off with a healthier choice uh from uh, all the shit that i hate <laughs> this weekend awesome um, awesome chat today too man they were yeah, active phenomenal comments chat. bring it bring in the fire here today Absolutely. And we I, got I think the chat, I, in the chat, I think we outsold uh, Canadian shows for can <laughs> The Hamilton show, yeah. for sure. Uh, but yeah, everybody enjoying it, man. Whether it's uh, veteran uh, superstars here or MMA guys or co-hosts or just the diehard HMG unit soldiers. I love having that community, that place where everybody uh, is, you know, they're ribbon, but they're respectful. And if, uh, somebody, uh, has an issue with something, we always just kind of talk it out and feel it from all sides because everybody's got their own truth regardless. So, uh, but yeah, a lot, man, uh, be a big, uh, business day this or big business week. I'm going to, uh, cannabis buyers market at the end of this week on Thursday. So I think, um, I'm not sure what your schedule is for Thursday for light the fuse, but it might be pushed back because I'm going to be able to do the, the Friday locker room on Thursday morning to tape that. And then we got to take off to go to that. So uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, later as we get closer to see what uh, your week uh, wraps up. Being, say, man. Uh, but I, I think I should be free Thursday of right now. I don't have anything scheduled. I got to check the old food truck, see uh, what potentially could pick up. But if you need me to jump in, just do a host. I'll, I'll get some. Yeah. I was saying it, it might be me not being there. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you, so uh, we'll, we'll get that figured out and switch it up, but we appreciate all the great, co-host like you said the vet was it was awesome to get to work with him uh big ray i, I haven't done something with big ray in a while definitely want to i know wednesday well, last room, week uh, shout yeah. out to big ray last week was anniversary week him and the wife doing yeah. lots of big things last week so Absolutely. A Wednesday locker rooms back on Hameen Media, Podbean for free as well. So awesome to have Strangler Steve on the Friday locker room. Just really great response and sharing and great clips from Kaz and Plaza, uh, you know, with our affiliates and friends, whether it's uh, Stevie Ray TV or Rip Rogers podcast. I had a great time with Cafe De Rene doing the watch along with him, man. It's just all good energy moving forward with uh, the, the crossovers and the audience from whether it's K100 or wherever we're, we're all finding each other. The best will always find each other and uh, hang out in the Hami media discussion group. 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 On uh, Facebook. Uh, dank memes. <laughs> sports updates and uh, all the watch alongs and pick them challenges. Everybody's having a good time, but uh, y'all uh, come to practice on Tuesday or Thursday at upstate wrestling experience. I'll call you a dumb motherfucker and tell you what to watch on TV <laughs> or uh, well, what do we got coming up the 8th of July. I'll be in Coble skill, New York with immortal defending my heavyweight title. Then back across the border to defend the Canadian heavyweight title on the 16th at crossfire. 
uh, at the Merritt Center in St. Catharines. But uh, y'all, that, 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 that reminds me real quick, man. That reminds me real quick. Yeah. You're talking about things coming up here. Uh, it will be launched today, so mark your calendars. You're going to get the live alert. It's going to be coming at you. At Tuesday, July 4th, it is back, ladies and gentlemen. RBV eats out. Nathan's hot dog eating contest watch along. Right on, yeah. We'll be coming at you on July fourth. I'm gonna set. I'm gonna do the event, set up the event, send out the invites, uh, prompt the, the stream for that day. Get all that going this afternoon. I got a great local location here, so hopefully I have a great live crowd. But again, streaming around the world, just making the look at bigger and better than than each and every year that we're out. It, it, it amazes me how many people just tune in and let, just hear me talk about hot dogs for an hour. Hey, dude, you got time? I think you you were two weeks out, pretty much legit. Why not reach out? Yeah. Why, why not reach out to them and see about being a remote host or something? One email could put you on their on their radar, and by next year, you could be the guy on the mic hosting the son of a bitch live. I, I absolutely could see that happen. Why not send an email today? Just a little something. I'm doing this. Would love any uh, swag or anything I can do to help or anything you guys want me to put over. Just make yourself available just like you do here. And that could be your your next big thing, especially if you've got the racetrack stuff uh, on your resume now. Bro, I, I see nothing but big opportunities with awesome events like that where you're just trying to facilitate and get the foodie culture and bring the the wrestling flair to it all. They absolutely want that, dude. You you could be the man with that for the next 20 years, no doubt. Absolutely. <clears throat> awesome, you guys. Uh, Rock and Roll Express, uh, Hacker Hameen, RBV. We did it on the Monday Locker Room. You know where to go, channelattitude.com. Great shows coming up. Put out the new episode of The Consultants, patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group. 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 And we'll be back the rest of the week with all your reviews. New collision show, Wreckage, with Chris Ams. I got to upload the Rampage Attack and the Smack Attack, you guys, so we'll keep it locked here exclusively. Hameen Media Group. Y'all. This is the Hustler Rogers. Yeah, it's fucking me. Yeah, and uh, listen to the fucking Hameen Media Group. That's Ben Hameen. All main video group from Rip Rogers. Go get him and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ding dong.